and knock something off. Well, this is the uh, official end to my eight weeks. And, and not that I'm excited about it being over with or anything. I'm excited about it being over with. I'm going to take two weeks off um, and, and go to Hawaii. <sighs> I know, it's really, somebody's got to go though, you know. A trip that was planned, uh, began in its planning more than a year and a half ago. Just slipped up on us all of a sudden. Here it is. It's always been out there in the future, in the future, in the future. The Dexters leave on Tuesday. Uh, Denny and Laura and Nita and I, along with uh, the rest of the Tenno party, which is Susan and Kay and another Kay, isn't it? Karen, Karen. Kay's, Kay's son, uh, the sister-in-law, yeah. We went to Alaska together in 15, and now we're going to Hawaii together. I have, I have two things that I want to do that's on my bucket list, and uh, I'm getting closer to kicking the bucket every day, you know. But one is uh, go to all 50 states. So I never thought I'd get, get to Alaska or Hawaii, and now that's uh, fulfillment. Now I'm down to about three or four. Uh, and, and most of those are, why would you ever go to those places? But North Dakota, Louisiana, and New Mexico, I think, are the only ones that are really left on my bucket list to attend. The other is all 20 counties be boots on the ground in all 120 counties in Kentucky. Now, that's, that's harder than you realize unless you live in some of those places and go to some of those places, you know. I've got a map at home that I color in the county when I get to it, you know, and up and down I-65, across 64, up 71, down toward Paducah, these two extremes on both ends of the state. I have no connection there. I have to make up my mind to go to those two places if I'm ever going to get those, okay? So I'm down to three or four states and about, I don't know, 40, 40 44, something like that, counties and uh, one of these days, before I kick the bucket, I hope I'll, uh, I'll make it. But, uh, and some of them are probably places that you all have been already or come from in, in that respect, but I haven't had a chance to go there. We're going to finish A Beautiful Mind Part 2 this afternoon. Um, there are five more lessons in this series. So when we come back from Hawaii then I'll be uh, back in the office for uh, then on until Brother Newton and his family gets here. So I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm quitting, but uh, I tried to get Derek and Chuck to uh, step in and take the role, and I was outvoted two to one. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't get two votes when they had two votes, right? But uh, I'm hoping you're finding that uh, we've done our best during this eight-week period of time to make sure the congregation stays together, 
that we communicate with each other, that we check on you when you have illness. I just wish so many of you wouldn't get so sick, you know. It would help me if you would stay well and active and, and out, you know. But uh, we've had a lot of sickness lately and a lot of things going on. I want to really encourage you to pray hard for Dennis Ellison. Um, my visit with him yesterday was uh, moving. He's got plenty of oxygen in his blood, but he can't breathe. So oxygen is no good. And they don't know exactly what to do unless they've fixed something today. But uh, sitting there watching a man struggle to, to get, labor to get his breath, even to the point to where he can't even talk when he wants to, is, uh, you could tell the, the, the worry and concern that's on Mary's face and, and Dennis's as well. So we want to remember them. Pray fervently for those folks. All right, a beautiful mind. Romans 12. Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by what? The renewal of your mind. By the renewal of your mind. Paul said, set your mind on things that are different than the rest of the world. We're not just puppets that God has stuck his hand in and wiggles around and, and makes jump up and down. It's not like we have any, or we have no input in the matter of what we do or how we decide what we do. God has created us free moral agents with the capability of deciding how we want to live our life and more importantly, how we want to reflect in our mind. So we need to invite God in to be into our minds and we can also choose to close the door on allowing God in to our minds. First off, if we want to live a, an immoral, base life, it won't be hard to have a mind that thinks that way. All you got to do is think about like everybody else in the world, almost. You remember what Dan read for us in Psalms chapter 10. If you go up a little bit before where I told him to start in verse 4. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised, for the wicked boast of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. And then you heard all of the things that, that wicked people do. If you want to make your mind up to be a, a bad person, it's not hard to do. You, you can do that. There are many people that will join you in, in making up their mind that particular way as well. So if you choose to, 
You can have a mind that's base and immoral. If you choose to have a mediocre spiritual life, you can choose to do that as well. James talks of a man being a double-minded man. The Lord told John to write about the churches in the book of Revelation, and he called one a lukewarm congregation. So if you want to be a person that has a mediocre spiritual life, how do you accomplish that? Well, go to church sometimes. Sometimes not. You can read your Bible sometimes. Sometimes not. You can pray sporadically, usually when you're in trouble. Or you can keep filling your mind with things that everybody else is cramming into theirs. Just keep channel surfing in the spiritual arena. If you want to do that, you can do that. But the third option is what we've been focusing on today, and that is setting your mind, making up your mind to focus on God and to allow God to always be present in your mind. Push out every other destructive thought that comes into your mind that might replace anything good or something that that God would want you to be focused on and thinking about. Paul wrote in the book of Galatians about the fruits of the Spirit and the fruits of the flesh. He said, but The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgy, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. What Paul is saying is that there is a distinct clear difference between a mind of a person who minds the things of the flesh and the mind of a person that minds the things of the Spirit. Paul concluded the uh, book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, what's he say? Think, meditate about these things. Now, I don't know what your views are about 
meditation. You know, what do we think of when we normally think of meditation? Well, what I get this mind, uh, yeah. Hmm, clearing the mind and getting into some sort of a yoga pose of some sort. Contort the body into something where you can't get up off the floor, you know. And we've talked about how interrupting life is and how it's difficult to get time and place to focus on certain things. But there are, there are points in time of the day in which you need to stop and just spend, I don't care whether it's 15 seconds or a minute or five minutes if you have it, to think about things in a, in a truly spiritual way. Try to get away. Have you ever said to yourself, now where did that thought come from? Hmm. So it happens to you too, huh? All of a sudden your day is having a good day and all of a sudden something pops in your head that's just, it's just not right, you know? Maybe somebody said something to you and you're now, now you're cross or you're, or you're, or you're fussing at them, you know? Just take a little time to, to, to meditate, to relax. I don't know when the best time is, but, but it's a time when you can truly and fully concentrate on what it is you want to think about. Force yourself to think about good things. The works of the Spirit, the mind of the Spirit, to focus on those good things. Think on these things. Whatever we feed the mind, whatever repeatedly enters into the mind, occupies the mind. Once it gets in there, it's hard to get out. And once it gets in there, you know what it eventually does? It shapes who you are and what you think about. So just like you've got uh, security on your phone where you don't want any viruses or any malware or whatever to get into your phone or your computer system, we need to learn to set up security and specific uh, ways to keep these kind of things out of our minds. Paul wrote in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he says this, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Paul says we control, we try to control every single thought. Take every thought captive. Earlier this morning, we made a reference to the Lord being always at our right hand. And that verse uh, comes from Psalm 16, verse 18. I have set the Lord always before me because he, as, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. John, if you're referred to somebody's right hand man, what are you? You're, you're right. Okay, so most of you are right-handed, right? How many of you in here are left-handed? 
Okay, so the majority of us are right-handed. So our, usually our strong arm is our, our right hand, right? And that's the one that we would use the most. So somebody that would sit at your right hand or be your right-hand man is, is what to you? They're what? You can depend on and, and trust. You count on them. They are your right, just like your right hand. Remember when Jesus uh, was questioned by the, the mother of James and John? We want our sons to do what? Sit at your what? Sit at your right hand when you come into your camp. One on the right and one on the left. Okay. David wrote, we always have the Lord set before us at our right hand. An Old Testament scripture from Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3. We remember that Samuel was pledged to the Lord by his mother, uh, Hannah. And when uh, he was born, she did just that. She took him to the priest and, and gave him to the priest to serve after he had grown up a little bit. Uh, in chapter 3, it says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. And the lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and, and lay down. And the Lord called again. Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant hears. Hears. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. We need to have our minds capable of listening to God when He calls us. As we finish the beginning of Psalms, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The mind is a beautiful thing. God has given it to us as a gift, and he can also speak to us through our mind. 
let's have our mind focus and concentrating on the, on the will and word of the Lord. Meditate on it day and night. If you have a need or a desire to respond to the invitation of our Lord this evening, if your mind needs to be renewed and your life needs to be transformed, the time and the opportunities right now for you this hour, won't you come right now while we stand and sing?